You're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, now part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. You look like a dude who should be pumping my fucking gas. This isn't doing it for me. There's, I'm not getting, in, I'm not getting enjoyment out of this. He was a before the bell rings all star. All right, everybody. It is Thursday night, May the 4th, 2023. Your ears do not deceive you. You are hearing a second episode of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast this week, brought to you by TheChairShot.com. I am the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. Going to go around the room here tonight. We've got the whole band back together. Uh, Jason had some personal issues the other night, so Rob and I you know, flew as a tag team. Got the three-man band back together. And uh, without further ado, going to wrap around the room here. Introduce Bucky's tag team partner, hailing from Cloud9 in the Purple Haze. I screwed that one up. A man destined to go through a barbershop window. Jason, sir, welcome back. You can't mess up the barbershop window part. I mean, that's the more important thing. That's the most important part of the intro. Right. You nailed that, so we're good. Uh, I am well. Uh, Thank you for indulging me on my night off. Um, But just uh, got to have that life work wrestling balance. You got to have that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and I've always said, guys, don't let don't let this stand in. Don't let this wrestling stuff, especially not this podcast stuff, stand <laughs> in the way of real life. Like, I love doing this with you guys. But if something else comes up, I'm going to let yeah. you guys know. And in the coming weeks, uh, just like this week, we've got stuff coming up. And that's, you know, that's part of life. From well, as the, the resident, as the resident Jedi, I do want to say to everyone, may the fourth be with you. Absolutely. So. May the fourth be with you. And from the Rob the Genius podcast, the minister of truth, the father of facts and figures, the deacon of data, a man with an intro so nice we had to do it twice this week, the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling podcast, and the man with the golden shovel. Mr. Rob, welcome back, sir. Thank you. And I have, I have a new moniker to add. I, I I have a new accomplishment here. I managed to get two speeding tickets in the same day. The same day? Impressive. I, th- th- we need to hear this story, sir. I know you want to get good, Rob man. went to uh, Dynamite last night, which was part of the reason why we recorded on two different nights. But uh, Mr. Rob, what, what, what's going on here? What do you, what do you well, do? Um, I just, you know, I spoke a little, well, a couple weeks ago about my mother-in-law passing and the uh, services were a couple of Fridays ago. So I had to go pick up and my mother went to the service with me. So I went, I drove down and picked her up. <clears throat> drove up back up to Baltimore, and then after things were over, came back down, dropped her off back in D.C., and then drove back up north to where I'm from, where I live. And so I managed to get, I got on the same road, by the way. <laughs> I got a speeding <laughs> ticket going up to Baltimore for the funeral, and I got a speeding ticket going home after I dropped my mother off. Dude. <laughs> same road. Same day, I got the <laughs> I got the camera I got the speed camera photos. Ready. Oh. Okay. Smoked. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
I was going to ask because I was like, okay, come on. You had to be able to talk your way out of one of those, Rob. Come oh, on. No. No, no, no. They got him on camera. Can't out talk the robot. Okay. The robot does not care. It's the Terminator. Oh, it yeah. cannot yeah. be bargained with. It cannot be reasoned. And it absolutely will not stop. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Until <laughs> Rob does not have a license. <laughs> Yep. Rob, I'm sorry to laugh at your pain, buddy. Oh, no, 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 actually, that no, is an no. accomplishment. No, it, it is it's funny. It is funny. Okay, because, man, because, look, I pulled, like, they both came in the same, like, well, no, I think they came in several envelopes, right? Well, yeah, because, so, I thought, okay, well, did, well, first I thought, well, did they send it twice? Because, you know, sometimes <laughs> that happens, right? <laughs> yeah. Did they send it you know, sometimes twice? You, you get sent something twice from the same place. You know. Yeah, especially when it's automated like that. Yeah. Yeah, it happens, right? So <laughs> I I opened them up and I looked at it and I was like, um, okay, same dates, <laughs> same road. Okay. Um and then I looked check, for like check, the citation check number. The, check the and, check the timestamp. And well that's the thing, the timestamps are different. One is at nine twenty nine AM, the other one is at three twelve PM. <laughs> Couldn't even make it twelve hours. <laughs> and they're both oh, they're literally in the same spot on the road. Not, <laughs> well, yeah, that's it's where the, the camera is. Camera, no, different but I mean, angle. But it's, I mean, yeah, it's so weird. I got I got bagged by the skeet speeding camera in the same spot both times. Well, but but okay, you moron. They have what? they have cameras. The cameras are playing cover two on you. <laughs> So, <laughs> that's, and um, that's amazing. And in both, all right. So one, in in the morning, I was going forty and a twenty-five. Oh my god! And in the afternoon, I was going thirty-seven and a twenty-five. Oh well, that's a little better, I guess. I guess, but geez, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the problem is, the problem is the um. On the trip there, it got him before the corner. And then on the trip back, it got him coming out of the corner. So he hadn't ramped up to 45 yet. I mean, and I'm looking at the pictures here. They are literally, it is literally like the same exact spot on the road. Oh, my God. I mean, this is, uh, (laughs) I mean. Yeah, because that's when the camera gets triggered, man. And then. You know, and then of course, you know, and they got the, the picture of your license plate, so you can't say it's not you. And yeah, you, right. can't, you can't, you can't, you can't say that it wasn't you. Nope. So, so what's the lesson here, Robert? Um, the lesson is that when I go home from my mother's house, I need to stop going through DC. I need to just get on the highway and on on the Maryland side. <clears throat> I need to just get on the highway and go home through Maryland and not go through DC because. Every time I have gotten popped, it has been going through D.C. to get on the highway. Let's be clear here. Go, Mor- morality lessons with the genius. The moral of the story is not don't speed. It's don't go down that road. Don't, it's go the other way. <laughs> morality right. lessons thank, with thank the genius, you. ladies and gentlemen. Morality with the genius. Don't get caught. Him and him. <laughs> That's right. I mean... <clears throat> That's right. what, what, what did Jesse Ventura say? Win if you can, lose if you must, but always, but always cheat. cheat. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, man. yeah. Um, oh, good stuff. Huh? 
All right. Well, while we're on the topic of the genius, uh, part of the reason we recorded on off nights was Rob went to a uh, live dynamite taping, and I'm going to let Rob take the wheel here. And this is what your third show, Rob, or your second? Uh, my second one for them. Yeah. Second one. Hey, Rob. All right. Take the floor, Rob, sir. The first question. Uh-oh. The first question is: Did they tape elevation? Well, I got there at eight o'clock, so. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> look, look, brother. Look, I, I, I do not. Do, when I go to the TV shows, I do not do main event. If I go to a WWE show, I do not do the dark matches. I get there at eight o'clock, brother. <laughs> okay. No, that's what my well, daughter you, and I did for SmackDown. We we were yeah. there at eight o'clock and we were out the door at ten. We, we might be bouncing all over the place here, but you guys have heard that that uh, those are gone, right? Rampage and uh, what's it called? They're going to be gone, or no? Oh, yeah, the, uh, dark, and me, dark, the yeah, dark and dark yes. elevation. Yeah, dark and dark elevation. The YouTube channels are going to be gone. Yeah. And, um, and uh, well, I know. I guess it was actually good news for them because they're getting a ex- more exclusive deal with um, Warner Media. Good. Yeah, I think this was part of the agreement. Yeah. Yeah, I did hear that it was part of like, well, you can't have the YouTube show because we want to give you another show or something like that. But we're not gonna, we're not gonna share basically, and I totally understand that. Yeah. Unless you give them a cut of the YouTube, which you absolutely shouldn't. You should just stop doing it. Yeah, because like, I mean, because like if you let me, if you look at like the the original content that WWE puts on its YouTube channel, it's it's not like shows or pay per views no. or stuff like that. It's all you know. 10 questions for so-and-so, or, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> or, it's you know. just enough. When they do that kind of wrestling stuff, it's just enough to wet the palate and remind people, this is actually what we do here. But yeah, for the most part, you're right. It's it's like, hey, everything but the wrestling. It's yeah. segments and, and whatnot and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. it's so it's, I mean, it's, I mean, now, of course, they upload previously, you know, run matches or whatever. But as far as yeah. new stuff, on WWE's YouTube channel, it's again, it's you know, twenty questions for so and so or top ten, whatever, whatever. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and it's the full match of of Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar from WrestleMania 32. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. It's not they don't they don't run live wrestling shows on their YouTube channel. No. So for AEW, yeah, I mean, every, they've done more on Facebook Live than they've done on YouTube in terms yeah. of live stuff, I believe. <clears throat> Yeah, because they did the mixed match challenge was on Facebook Live, and yes, um, sir. But I mean, they got paid for that too. I mean, yeah, true. And and that was, um, but yeah. So if <clears throat> so, I mean, it's good news for AEW that, that Warner Media is, I mean, basically looks like they're putting a ring on it, man. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah that's good for them. With with all the upheaval over there at Warner, Warner Discovery, I mean, some of them, my favorite stuff got the axe. You know, it probably was on tenuous legs to begin with, but hey, man, and they're still going strong and probably, yeah, like you said, Rob, they're putting a Turner's putting a ring on it. So yeah, we here, baby. You yeah, should and, uh, um, probably thank that guy. You know, that guy who probably had a relationship with somebody at Turner or something got you the got you the thing, but now he's wrestling over over here in Connecticut. So hey, and have again, we talked about this uh, that on the show, by the way? What? As I as we go totally off the rails, the fact yeah, that we're completely I off the rails did, here. As I did completely walk, I watched the first like ten minutes of AEW All Access. Did we talk about that live on the show? <clears throat> I if, think we if did. Not, I want to say my I'll say my piece on it at some point. Yeah, we we discussed the fact that they were doing that show, but I, I don't think we did it any further than that. 
So Rob, okay, get into so dynamite. Let's before we get completely oh, off yes, the rails okay. here. Let's let's let Rob get into his his dynamite experience. Okay, so this is my second time going, and this time it was at the what was the old Baltimore Arena, and it's now the CFG Bank Arena, and it's been closed for a while um, because well, supposedly you know the impression I had was that it was being renovated, and um. Well, if if you've seen that little kind of little ten second clip of Dr. King before, where he says somebody told a lie today, <laughs> um, that's exactly how I felt when I walked in there, because yeah. it didn't look much different, okay, than the last time I was there, um, including oh, the horrendously cramped seats, um, and I'd forgotten about those and. Um, and they will come into play later on in my story here. <laughs> um, but that building, I mean, it's been around forever. It's an old wrestling building, you know, back to, to goes back to, to Jim Crockett NWA days as far as running shows there. Uh, cramped seats aside, it, it is a it is a wonderful building to go take in a wrestling show. It just has all the vibe and ambiance you want for a, a wrestling show. So if there's one there. And if you have a chance to go to a wrestling show in that building, I highly recommend it, you know, seats aside. <laughs> but so I go in there and all right. So I got there. I got there at like 755, actually, not not eight o'clock. Exactly. So I got there at 755 and, you know, the ring announcer guy is going through some things. And then um, he introduced, um, well, Tony Schiavone got a nice little reception. Of course, Tony goes back to the Jim Crockett days, so he, I mean, he's got history in the town there. Um, and so then we kicked off the show, and they started out with um, it was a, an eight-man tag team match. It was the all of the Jericho appreciation appreciation society, other than Chris Jericho, and they were going against um, it was Orange Cassidy, Bandito. Ronnie Strong and Adam Cole, and um, and Adam Cole got a real good reception when he came out there, and um, actually Roddy got a nice one too. And um, I gotta say, uh, Roddy looks like he's in—I think he's in the right place. Um, yeah. I mean, because yeah. he, he was he was fired up and working um, last night, and um, that I was think it that was place in, is, is all their their speed. They oh yeah, one hundred era. 100%. And then uh, his his wife is there also. Um, well, she's yeah. been there for a while. And so I imagine, like, when he, at some point, he may in, in, even, like, kind of transition over to the Ring of Honor side eventually. I wouldn't be surprised because, I mean, that's where he, you know, really cut his teeth in the business. But Bobby that was a nice Strong's one. NXT journey is something that ought to be discussed somewhere down the line. Um, we don't have to do it tonight, but I'm just—I sit there and I look at his whole situation and how they brought him in initially. It's just weird how it started versus how it ended for him. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Um, <clears throat> but you know, like I said, he's—he's he's in the right place, um, and you know, I'm kind of happy for him that he, that he was able to get over there, honestly, because some people are better off over there. Yeah. And he's one of them, I think. 
And and let me tell you, um, Orange Cassidy has kind of won me over. <laughs> and what did it for me was that what was done it for me. Oh, you I've, finally you know, started enjoying fun. Yes. <laughs> well, no, but right, so here, no. Here's the thing. No, here, here's what has done it for me um, is the fact that okay. I mean, he do, yeah. I mean, he 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 does some silly stuff, but when it's time to now that I've actually watched him several times, when it's time to actually wrestle, he is good. Yeah, for one, Duke. and then the other thing, the thing that I thought was was a thing, but it really is not. That when he does the when he does little things like tapping people with his foot and all that, they don't sell it. I was I was under the impression that he was doing that, and that guys were having to sell for that shit. No, that's the whole okay. point is that they don't. Okay, and and we'll see. I didn't I didn't really know that until I started to you know until I maybe the past month or so when I you know paid a little bit more attention to some of his stuff. So he's kind of one. He so he he's won me over, and he's, I mean, he's another one that the you know the crowd there really loves him a lot too. Oh, and it's amazing what happens when you just watch the show. I, I, <laughs> yes, yes, I know, I know, I know, I know, I <laughs> know. But so um, and while that was going on, Jericho was on commentary because him and Adam Cole have this big beef going on, and so after the match was over, Cole runs up the ramp and goes right over to the commentary just desk and jumps on Jericho and starts beating the crap out of him. <laughs> Good for Adam. Yeah. And then like if and then like maybe about ten minutes later they cut away to like the hallway by like the entranceway and they're still fighting out there and then um you know security gets Adam Cole and Jericho's like get him out of here get him out of here and then and then like Britt Baker comes up from behind and like starts slapping him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> And um, after that, let me see. So that, so that was, I mean, that was good. That was a nice opener. Um, they had um, you know, Soraya versus Willow Nightingale, and and you know, Soraya had um, she had Tony Storm and Ruby Soho out there with her, and they were interfering a lot. <laughs> and the outcasts, yeah, the outcasts, they're not, from WWE, not the outsiders, the outcasts. Oh, right, because like, yeah. they're from WWE. Because yeah, like, so they're um, the outcasts. You know, um, you know, we're McDowell's, <laughs> not McDonald's. We have golden arcs, not golden arches. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but, but of the outcasts, didn't two of them ask for their releases? Um, yeah. I know Tony Storm asked. Tony, Tony did. Tony Storm um, did. Ruby got. Ruby released. absolutely did not. Yeah, no, Ruby she she was released. Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, Soraya, I think they just didn't re-sign her, did they? Something well, yeah, like she was on like a Legends kind of contract for yeah. a while and, and she stuff won- like that. So I, she- that you can't feel bad about it at all. Yeah, and she wanted she wanted to wrestle again, and they wouldn't clear her. So exactly. Right. So all right. And I'll uh, give her credit. Look, she took she took some bumps in this match, and you know, and look, I'll, I'm still kind of at the point where if I see her take like a um, spine bust or something, I'm like, oh boy, you know. But um. It was, I mean, it was it was a decent enough match, and and then of course uh, after that they started beating down Willow Nightingale, and then Britt and Jamie Hayter came out there, and uh, Kawashita came out there, and you know they had a thing that happened after the match, and um, let me see then, then things started to tail off a bit. <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> this is where the wheels fell off the bus, huh? Um, well first, all right, so they had a um, I want did a nice little. Um, pre-tape promo from the House of Black, and you were th- those guys were up your alley, man, DJ. Yeah, 
And I got to say, it look, it, I mean, it really looks like Malachi has kind of found his way there now. We're doing that, this House of Black thing. And because, I mean, they got a, it looks like they got a good thing going there. And he's got, you know, they're two of his buddies in the group, Buddy, and, well, Buddy, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and Brody King. So, I mean, it looks like they got something good going there with that now. And right. yeah, that would be right up your alley, man. Um, yeah, I, I loved Alistair Black. Um, so, you know, Malachi Black and I, I still follow him on Instagram. So, you know, I've seen some of the stuff he's doing and it, it, it definitely appeals to me. I just I don't know when I'm going to get to watch Dynamite. <clears throat> I understood. Understood. I'm just but it's again, it's good to see somebody who had to seemingly have found their way now. Yeah. And not be spinning their wheels over there. Good for him. Yeah. And um, and then again, this is this is where this is where it started to take a turn. <laughs> um, all right. So they had a trios battle royal. Oh, God. Oh, you had to mention the trios. That's where it sets up the. Go ahead. Yeah. Right. So this was a. OK. So you're familiar, you're familiar with tag team battle royals. This is a trios battle royal. So there's a bunch of six-man teams or trios, obviously. Duh. Right, and just, the, just the, the the explanation on that sounds like a freaking mess. Um, well, because like normally in every other wrestling company, when you have a tag team battle royal, if one member gets thrown out, then the other guy's got to go. Right. I mean, you yeah. both. If one gets yeah. in it, well, in AEW, when they have a tag team battle royal or just trios battle royal, if one guy gets thrown out, then he's just gone. The other guys can stay in there. Oh God! Yeah. So that sounds like I'm a mess. Cluster. Oh my God! And you were watching that live without commentary helping you out. That sucks. And then also, um, like some of the trios, it's like in one trio there was it was Tony Nese and Arya Davari, and I'm like, oh, this is like a bad episode of 205 Live here. What's going on? Wow. <laughs> 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 um no trust me it's way better over here yeah for some guys yeah <laughs> but um all right so that was it was plotting in some spots and it was sloppy in some others um and it was you know the, the acclaimed one and i'll say this billy gunn one billy gunn is a large human being and you you got to see him in person to really dude really, yeah Dude, I've I've met him. I have a picture with him. Dude, that guy is fucking large. Yeah, yeah he, I can he, imagine Billy Gunn's a big hoss. He's huge. Yeah, and look, he can still move around in there, man. Um, yeah. I mean, he's obviously older and he's you know slower than what he used to be, but yeah, man. Um, you know, for things like tag six man tag team matches or whatever, he can still get in there, and move around. Um. And that was basically uh, the bright spot of that match. It was Billy Gunn. That's <laughs> oh, that's uh, not saying much about their oh, talent. And that's not a knock on Billy Gunn, but no, it's just yeah, I mean it was it's just the, the match was sloppy and yeah, know, not very good. Um then after that <clears throat> oh, we had another Ricky Starks and Juice Robinson. And please, Cody, free free my man Ricky Starks from the root beer company. <laughs> okay. He look. I mean, he he seriously. I think. I mean, I'm not the body language guy, and I kind of always laugh when other people do it. But if I think if he could get if he could get the first thing out of the first train out of there tomorrow, I think he just might take it. 
My, my man's got in a New York state of mind playing in the back of his head on a permanent loop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then so after all this, it was getting to be, it was almost 930. And this is where the cramped seats come into play because it is almost 930. It's about 930. They got one more match to go. And it is, it's, MJF and Sammy Guevara against Jungle Boy and Darby Allen. And the thing, and, and the stipu- stipulation was if um, if Jungle Boy and Darby Allen won, then the main event at was double or nothing is going to be a four way match. And if Sammy and MJF won, it was just going to be a singles match between the two of them. So we already know what's going to happen there. Yeah. Okay. So I was looking at it like, okay, it's nine thirty. I'm in these real cramped seats. My knees are killing me. We already know who's going to win this match, and I'm at the park, and I'm at the top of the parking garage. Oh. And, and the parking garage is one of those. If you're at the top, you're going to be there for like almost another hour. If you go out there when everybody else, if you if you leave at you know the same time as everybody else. Yeah. So I thought about it, and I thought about it. I was like, you know what? Yeah. And I got to work tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I think it might be time to, to, to get up out of here and beat the traffic. Hey, it happens. And um, well, look like when I went look when I went to Raw last August, and when when they started playing AJ and Bobby's music at ten o'clock, that was my cue. It was like, okay, well, <laughs> that's my main event, so this is my main event, right? <laughs> so when this match is over, we're out of here. Gianna and I did that when we went to SmackDown last year uh, in July. The main event was, uh, I think it was Jey Uso and uh, Angelo Dawkins. And as soon as the three count, Gianna's looking at me, and I, this, this is at like 9.58. And they're, you know, they always do after-the-match stuff. Somebody takes everybody's finishers for like 20 minutes, and some stuff happens. And that, that was going on, and Gianna's looking at me, and I'm looking at her. And again, it's the same type of thing. We're in the parking garage. I'm like looking around. This is the... Amway Center, it's full for SmackDown Live. You know, so I'm like, if we're going to go, we better go now. They were getting ready to do some big thing with almost. I'm like, no, we're out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And so I left at around 930. I got to the car <laughs> and I was back home by 1030. So nice. <laughs> I made the right choice. <laughs> made a business decision. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Um because again, that, that parking garage is is just it's tough, and um, and and look, they didn't have anybody on that show to make me stick around. Because look, look, when I went to when I went to SmackDown in March, I, I had to stick around for the 14 time Women's Champion, but um, <laughs> no such person on this show. No, <laughs> so, no, especially um, that main event. There's nobody in that main event that I was I would be pining to see. And, and that's the other thing. I'm not I'm not really fans of any of those guys either. And you know, I'm not knocking them, but I'm just they I'm not really a big fan of any of those four guys. So you know, because look, they loaded up with the people I was more interested in, they loaded up early. Cause I, I mean I did want to see Adam Cole and I want to see, you know, Roddy and well, they put they put you know them in Orange Cassidy were on the first match. So, you know, and then so that look, they got the stuff that I was there for out of the way within like the first hour. Nice. <laughs> so, so yeah, nine thirty came around. Like okay, yeah, but all in all, I mean, not a bad show. And I mean, again, it's a good time. And yeah, it's and again, that's a good build in to go uh, 
taking a wrestling show and Baltimore has is, is always been a great wrestling town. So if you if you can go to a wrestling show in Baltimore, I, I highly recommend it. So the crowd was good? Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. about the same size. I'd say it was about the same amount. Like when I've gone to a house show in that arena, about the same amount of people. Yeah, the same the same sections had people in them. Right. Okay. Well, that's cool. <clears throat> Yeah, we always, you know, we try to get our, our live wrestling fixes when we can. And, you know, we like to like to report on those. And, Rob, if you had a good time, you had a good time. Yeah, and, uh, and, uh, and of course, that picture I showed you guys when I was going in, on the side of the truck, they still had Mr. Philip Jack Brooks. That's hilarious. Still on the side of the production truck. <clears throat> Which, I mean. Hanging well, out I mean, at Raw, hanging out at the Impact tapings. But, um, but of course, I mean, well, word on the street is he'll be back soon anyway. So. That's everybody keeps saying. He's coming back. He's coming back. Well, they can have him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into the meat and potatoes of the episode here tonight. Uh, a couple nights ago, Rob and I talked the WWE draft. Tonight, we are talking all things Backlash this weekend live from Puerto Rico. But before we get into that, Jason's going to take over. And uh, go down the card here. But before he does that, Jason's got a little story to tell that is uh, uh, podcast related. Um, Jason, you want to you want to share this with the with the group? You're muted, brother. <clears throat> I unmuted myself and then killed my camera. Um, sorry about that. Anyway, I uh, so I'm not bashful about my hobbies and interests at my new place of employment. So I've you know I've mentioned obviously already that my wife and I got engaged at WrestleMania. You know we're wrestling fans. We do this, we do that. She runs 5K. She runs whatever, blah blah blah, blah half marathons. Excuse me. But in any case, my boss found out that I have a wrestling podcast because I mentioned it. Like oh, going home to record with the boys or something like that. And uh, so he's asked a couple of times about it. Like what do you do? What do you you know things like that. And today he asked, like, oh, you know, he's asked me a couple times, but today he walked by with his phone in his hand and he goes, hey, what, what's that podcast called again? I told him. And so all of a sudden I hear down the hallway, I hear, you know, the end of DJ's voice saying something. I'm like, oh, my God, he found the podcast. All right, here we go. And then I hear my – and understand I'm using the heaviest of air quotes when I use this. I, ha- I When I say this, arguably my most – Famous, famous in heavy air quotes, my most famous line from this podcast about one Philip Jack Brooks and his employment status, uh, particularly about pumping petrol, fucking petrol, I believe was uh, the words I used. And so I was like, oh, great. That's a that's a great first impression. And I walk out and I want I'm like, hey, how did you find that so fast? Because, again, this was back when he imploded. I made this rant. And so that was what, like eight months ago, it feels like? Yep. Yeah. So I'm like, what did you pick a random ass episode and just start at the perfect spot out of two years of doing this shit to find like one of the things that I laughed the hardest about? And he goes, no, man, it's like, it's in the intro. And I'm like, it's in the what? <laughs> it's in. <laughs> It's in the it's in the it's in the what now? And so I I go back and I listened and I heard the wonderful intro that you guys have apparently been listening to for a couple of weeks now. Um because I don't when I ever whenever I do 
I've gotten pretty confident in what we do and how we do it that I don't have to listen to every single show back. Um, I At this point, I feel like it's a little narcissistic just for me. But once in a while, I do listen to like whole episodes and be like, okay, but I mostly listen to myself because I want to hear how I sounded because you're not listening to yourself when you're talking. And what I do is I start my podcast and then I hit the skip 15 button about 12 or 15 times to get through because I know we, as we did at the, bunch, the beginning of this episode, as we're still doing, we play a bunch of grab ass at the beginning. So I'm like, all right, let me give, grab through that, uh, blast through that. So no, I had no idea that this that uh, my famous line about uh, Phil ja- uh, Philip Jack Brooks pumping gas. And so I was leaving work today, and my I poke my head into my boss's office as he's by the by the door I go out, and so I always do. I say, "Have a good night, boss." And he go and he goes, "Hey, Jay." I'm like, "Yeah." He goes, "You look like you should be pumping my fucking gas." And I'm, I'm, and I'm like, you know what? I do. You're right. I do. <laughs> and I'm not up here telling you that I should be <laughs> AEW world champion before Cody Rhodes or before Roman Reigns or before anyone. So, yeah, you're right. I do look like that dude. But, yeah, I got a good chuckle out of that. All of a sudden hearing my own voice in my office talking about Phil Jack, uh, Philip Jack Brooks puppet gas. Oh man, that's great! That is so, awesome. Thank you yeah, for that, I, DJ. You're welcome, you. buddy. That's a great rib. That's a great yeah. unintentional rib, is what that was. Yeah. Yeah, that's only been the intro of this show for about two months now, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I tried to you take. Said, uh, I'm not a narcissist. Two... I don't. I know we do a good show. I'm here, so I don't right. listen to every detail of every show. But I tried when I, I did show. that intro. I I have, I've had moments here, but I haven't had two legendary meltdowns like you and Rob had your let your CM Punk rant and Rob's Cody Rhodes meltdown are two of the greatest moments in the history of this podcast. Like they are, on- you know, but you know why they're good is because honestly, and because Rob is a giant Cody Rhodes mark. And I wanted so desperately to give this guy his second chance. I I was so we're like these these rants come from a place of sincerity. They, they did. They came from the heart. And because again, you and you again, prior to that rant, you sat here in all fairness to you when CM Punk first showed up in AEW. You know, we all had our feelings, but your words were, "I'm going to give it a chance." You know, I'm going to give him a chance. Let's wipe the slate clean, see what he does, and within. A month, maybe three, we were back to baseline with this guy, and <clears throat> it came up, and what happened happened, and it, it it belongs. If there's ever the day that this podcast comes to an end and we do an award show, those two moments are absolutely enshrined in the Mindless Wrestling Podcast Hall of Fame. Yeah. Absolutely, number one and number two inductees in the Mindless Wrestling Podcast Hall of Fame. Yep. Um, All right. right. So well, let's get into this WrestleMania. Let's get into this wrestling thing since we like to talk grabs. Let's talk grabs. Jason, take the show over. Let's get into some so, backlash. We're going to dive just right into it. Um, this is fascinating because the draft takes pl- the draft already took place. Everybody has their assigned teams and their assigned brands. 
And now the draft goes into full effect and you go to your designated brand from the brand you currently are on on Monday night, which is after this show. So I say that because we have a match that, that this heavily factors into. Because we're starting off the show, at least on the card I'm looking at, with Matt Riddle and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, excuse me, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, versus the Bloodline, which this time will consist of Solo Sokoa, Jay, and Jimmy Uso with Paul Heyman. So, you can go either way here because these guys won't have any other interaction after this. Because we're going, it sounds like we're going back to a hard brand split, and the bloodline is all on SmackDown, and Matt and, and Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn are all going to be on Raw. So you can either do the story of the bloodline gets their groove back, and we put a pin in them imploding, and Roman still reads them the riot act on the next Friday about losing the tag titles, and we got to get our shit together, and blah blah blah. But we can, you know, hold off on to true implosion. Or you have option B, where you can have Matt Riddle and the tag team champions okey-doke these boys and take them down again and have them go back to the tribal chief with their tails between their legs again. And then we really kick off this bloodline thing because that will be just confined to SmackDown. So SmackDown, boys and girls, goes right back to being the bloodline show. So we are at a, so we are at a, I think they're going to put a pin in the bloodline imploding. And that's, uh, I just think they are. And whatever the tag team titles end up being, the Usos will win them on SmackDown at some point. Um, DJ, what do you got here? Uh, this is interesting. Uh, at first I was thinking, you know, there's going to be some kind of fuck finish here, but then I'm thinking about, I'm like, no, the tag team championships are not on the line because it's a six man tag match. Um, I, I think we continue the crumbling of the bloodline here. I really think that, uh, you know, it's Matt Riddle's first big, first big match back. Kevin and Sammy, you know, the only question mark in the air here is that at some point, are they going to split these tag team championships up and send one of those back to SmackDown or are Sammy and Kevin going to continue to run around as the undisputed unified Raw and SmackDown championships? Like that, that's, that's really the question in the, in the air on the whole thing, but this weekend, I expect I expect uh, Sammy and Kevin and Matt Riddle to go over. All right, Rob, what do you got? Okay, well, all right. So I, I now <clears throat> when I got home last night, I went on uh, with uh, Ernest, uh, earnestly speaking, and we did predictions for Backlash. So I got to say the same things here that I said there. <laughs> um, wow. And over there, I picked Sammy, Kevin, and um, Riddle. So I will pick them again. I haven't changed my mind in 24 hours. Yeah, um, don't be like me. I'll do predictions on this show, then show up on DWI and like change all my predictions 24 hours after I just gave them on this episode. Well, um, and uh, <clears throat> but I do think that is what's going to happen um, because we're going to because um, I think we're just adding to the kind of airing of grievances that Roman is eventually going to have for Jimmy and Jay. Yeah. And and look, we all know this is this is heading. You know, we're we're, we're going to eventually get to Order sixty six being uh, issued here. <coughs> yeah, <laughs> Roman's going to Roman's going to lay down the law. What do uh, Jacob and Solo 
smoke the boys out of town or what? Oh, uh, I think we'll oh well, because that was the whole thing. Um, last Friday, you know, Solo came out there, but oh yeah, they, that was they, the implication. They left it. They left it. You know, very vague as to what he was coming out there to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I think, but I think, it, it, yeah, I do think that. Yeah, the, that the order is going to be given sometime in the future here. All right. Well, I'm uh, my co-hosts are united against me. The bloodline is crumbling, and oh. you know, Rob, Rob's a fake fan and doesn't oh, support man. our tribal <laughs> chief. I get it. I get it. That's fan. fine, man. Here we That's go. Fine. That's fine. You just want, you know, I I, cho- I choose to support our tribal chief and his family and their endeavors. Well, I support I, him in his, in his decision to, to exit the order sixty six. Absolutely, and when, okay. when that time comes, when that time comes, I will turn my, I will be the nice little clone trooper, and I will turn my guns right on those boys. But <laughs> the time hasn't come yet, you know. So come on, man. Let, let's be clear on, on this episode. We are forty. 41 minutes in, and so far, Jason's a moron, and Rob's a fake fan. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> That's correct. All right, so next up, uh, we have Seth Breakin' Rollins versus Omas with, of course, MVP. It is a just a straight-up singles match. Um, I think Omas has proven that he can go enough to – Get through a match with somebody, um, and I think he's good. This is interesting, um, and I say all that because I'm still not like a hundred percent sold on Omas, frankly, as a big bad, as a big <clears throat> monster, as a big whatever. He's cool, and he's had some moments, and but there's, as we always say, there's something missing. I don't know what it is, but in any case, he hasn't quite become that Mortal Kombat character I'm looking for. So. With that said, I think the push for Omas continues, and I think Seth freaking Rollins will bear the brunt of that and get another loss because as he's proven that he can take a billion losses and just keep on trucking, and we don't care, and he doesn't care. So why why stop now? Um, Rob, what do you have here? Well, I picked Omos because he's got to beat somebody. I mean, he lost to Brock. He lost to Braun. He lost to... Bobby last year. He's got to beat somebody. Or else what are yeah. we doing? Now I found it kind of now him that somebody being Seth Rollins is, you know, a bit of a you know, that kind of throws a monkey wrench in it, but I'm sticking with it because I mean he, yeah, he he's got he's gotta beat somebody. Like, he can't just be beating jobbers and like low level guys on the main roster. Um if they're gonna keep putting him in these matches on you know, premium live against against people who are not who are, who are bigger names. Then he's got he's got to beat somebody, and so I'm gonna just I'm gonna pick him here. DJ, man, I I'm gonna round out this whole discussion. That's I Seth is my boy. You guys know this. You've been listening to this long enough. You know Seth is my guy. Omas is winning Saturday night, guys. I, and for all the reasons Rob said, Omas has got to win one. You know, it's if we're going to legitimize this guy, if we're going to legitimize this character, if he's going to be a threat, unfortunately, Seth is the sacrificial lamb here. I think Seth's going to drag some amazing crap out of him, but yeah. And I'm, and I'm, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm curious as to why they even made this match in the first place because it, I mean, it is a bit of a dilemma here. It's an odd match. Like, it, yeah. out of the blue, it's just Seth Rollins and Omos. And I'm here for it because I'm an e drone and, you know, I eat whatever they feed me. So, yeah, I mean, and so, and you've got to think that Seth is going to be in the WWE World Heavyweight title picture, right? Yeah, and so look, this could be one of those things where, you know, you do this and, you know, we'll take care of you. <laughs> you know, yeah. With the, you know, with the championship, it could be one of those things, Um, you know. Go out here and make the kid look good. and Right. <clears throat> and then you can beat him on the way to the championship. Yeah. Yeah, that could be that. So uh, next on the card, we have the United a triple threat match for the United States Championship. We have the champion, Austin Theory, defending against Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed. I got nothing. I love Bronson Reed, so fuck it. I want Bronson to win. Uh, Bobby and Austin can find a new thing to do in a hot second. Uh, Bobby doesn't need a title. I want uh, Bobby got drafted to SmackDown, so I know exactly what I want Bobby to do. Um, and it ain't nothing to do with the WWE title. It has something to do with the Tribal Chief. So, because I want to see that match happen very badly. Um, so let's clear Bobby out of this mess. Uh, Austin, sorry guys, he's really good. He's really freaking good. So he again, you can shift him over to anything that you need to. Um, and being the WWE United States champion gives Bronson something to do, uh, and it, it kind of legitimizes this new interesting character that he's playing of the, like this. Uh, I don't I don't know like just. No, I remember Rico uh, Bron- Suave. Uh, Bron- uh, it's not, not Rico Suave. I don't know. I'm not even. He's like a gun he's, for he's hire type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, he's a gun. He's but he's a Hollywood like gun for hire. Yeah. You know? The only thing I'll say, and Rob was getting ready to bring it up. I know Rob, where, where you're going with this, you were going to say, say this. You were saying it as I was thinking it. Bronson Reed is a Raw talent. We already had the Intercontinental Championship on Raw in Gunther. I Austin Theory retains. Bobby Lashley I, doesn't need to be U.S. champion. Austin Theory is on SmackDown. The U.S. Championship will be a yeah. SmackDown champion. Austin Theory yeah, retains. I, shit, I forgot Bronson was on. I want Bronson to win. Like I'm with yeah. you on that. Yeah. But fucking for the semantic have argue- Bronson have Bronson win and then Imperium's lawyers send him to fucking SmackDown. There this one, this one might be your fuck finish of the night, though. That could be it. True. And honestly, with Austin Theory involved, obviously that's very much on the table, more on the table than it isn't. Honestly, I want um, them to take Austin Theory out early. And just have the hosses go at it. And just beat each other up. Yes. Yeah, I want to see Bobby Lashley. I want Bobby Lashley, and I keep wanting to call him Jonah because, <laughs> goddamn it, he was Bronson Reed as long as he was Jonah. But Bronson Reed, I want Bronson Reed and Bobby Lashley to have hands on each other for at least five minutes. Yes. Cosign on that. Um, I don't know who we started with, Rob. Oh, uh. I think okay, so I think theory retains. I think Bronson and Bobby beat the crap out of each other and knock each other out, and theory slips in and puts his hand on somebody and gets a three count. <laughs> um, I would very much enjoy seeing him attempt his finisher on Bronson Reed. Oh yeah, uh, that yeah. It, Good luck with that. It's been um, the NBA playoffs, so I haven't been watching it regularly as I should. So apologies if he's already tried it or God forbid pulled it off. 
Uh, but I don't think so. You save that. For I a can imagine picking up Bronson Reed is like picking up a safe full of water. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and then you got to bring them up over your shoulders onto your knees. Like, woo. Yeah, no, that's not good. Uh, but in any case, uh, so I think we're pretty much split on that one. But And I also am dumb and forgot that Bronson's a raw talent. So we'll see what happens. But next you gotta up, you got to pay attention have... to, the, to the draft show, buddy. Exactly. I know. I was watching your the boss real kn- NFL. I bet your boss knows that Bronson reads on Raw. I bet he absolutely does not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be shocked if he knows who Bronson Reed is. Jason, is, would Bronson Reed be pumping your gas? <laughs> and no, dude. Absolutely not. If Bronson Reed was pumping his, my gas, I'd be like, all right, so who are you going to kill after this? Who, who are you going to Hitman after this? So it's always when he's done pumping your gas, you slip him a $50 tip and say, that guy right over there. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So we're going uh, up to the women's division. We have the SmackDown women's champion, uh, Rhea Ripley versus one Zelina Vega. So, I mean, yeah. I don't think the LWO is going to take this, um, considering that we just swapped. I mean, maybe that's how they get out of it, is swapping the belts back, I think. Um, but in any case, the belts just swap uh, swap brands because Rhea Ripley, I believe, is now on Raw. Yeah. And Bianca's on um, SmackDown. And Bianca's on SmackDown. So that's fucking unnecessary. Just rename the belts, guys, please. God. Uh, I don't know what to call them, but your guys are smarter than me. Yeah. In any case, I don't think Legato Del Fantasma is going to be carrying around the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship, but I've been surprised before. So I'm going to bet on Rhea Ripley, though. DJ? Yeah, yeah. I Poor Selena. She's out-muscled. She's outsized. She's a wonderful <laughs> talent. She's got that fiery Latin personality. I didn't. She can go, but I, I. I'm sorry. I just don't think this is her night. Yeah. I. I don't know. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. Rob, anything to say about the? Uh, um. Not really. Ultimate I think demise of one Zelina Vega. I mean, they're doing her solid. I think by giving her the title match in her, you know, home country. Um, and I think it'll be more competitive. They'll have a more competitive match. I think because of that. Um, wait, who's home country? Rosalina. Well, I mean, she, I mean, she's she's born. I think she's well, she grew up in New York, but she's Puerto Rican. I Is think. she? I thought she was Dominican. I could be wrong. If she's if she's PR, yeah, she's Puerto Rican. Okay, for okay. some reason I thought she was Dominican. Yeah, so, it's um, a big thing that it's happening in her hometown or home. Yeah, yeah, so I think it'll be a more competitive match. I think because of that than it normally would be, because otherwise, you know, this has. Five minute squash city written over it any other any other time, um, yeah. Um, but I mean, again, you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, I mean, no, no, no expected surprises here. Okay, that's fair. All right, so let's see here. Next up, we have uh bianca belair is defending her wwe raw women's championship even though she's going to the smackdown brand uh against eo sky of damage control uh i don't yeah i don't think there's much to talk about here either Uh, i'd be shocked if eo pulled this off um but you know it's going to be a great match i mean bianca and eo if they dude give them 
time, yeah, they'll they'll pull some fun stuff out. Um, but yeah, I think the it's a foregone conclusion. Uh, Rob, what do you got? Yeah, I think the only thing really to add, I suspect there may be some, um, you know, uh, shenanigans that go awry because I think because they're, you know, kind of planting the seeds of heading in that direction of damage control starting to break up. Yep. So I could see some, you know, I could see an attempt at some outside interference that goes sideways and, you know, that maybe causes her to lose. Um, okay. as long as, well, all right, as long as they do that, but for God's sake, don't have, you know, let's not have a rerun of extreme rules where all three of them get in the ring and get, you know, sent packing. <laughs> Please let's not do that again. Okay. Man, that was like, that was bad. Uh, DJ, what do you got here? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, there, there's a small part of me that, that thinks EOS Sky might actually win this, but God, I, I don't know. This, this was a tough one for me. I think it made my heart of hearts as much as I love Bianca. We've talked about on this on the show before. At some point, we need to shift gears with her a little bit. And I, I really like EOS Sky and I really want to see her be successful. And I think that a way to start sowing the seeds of dissension amongst damage damage control would be for EO to become the the women's champion of that particular show. I think that would throw a lot of jealousy in the heart of Bailey and and you would start to see that the cracks form there. But I I I'm kind of meandering here Bianca retains. All right. Well, I think that one's pretty much open and shut. So coming up, uh, what I expect to be the a, su- a surprise match of the night, um, the stunt show of the night. We have Bad Bunny in a street fight, or excuse me, a San Juan street fight versus Damian Priest. Um, again, it's a re- it's WrestleMania backlash. Let's not reinvent the wheel, guys. Let's just go out there and have Damian, you know, wrestle. Well, and I look for Bad Bunny to win um, after doing something absolutely ridiculous. So um, this is, I mean, this is your popcorn match of the night. You know, let's hit each other with trash can lids. Let's jump off of stuff and have a good time. Um, But yeah, Bad Bunny pulls this off because, you know, I don't think Damian Priest needs to squash Bad Bunny or anything. Uh, DJ? This match is going to be interesting. I want to see the crowd reaction. We got two hometown boys going on here um, because uh, Priest is Puerto Rican as well, isn't he? Yes. He's Puerto yep. Rican. Now, I know that judgment, or judgment Day, Jesus. Yeah. No. Yeah. Judgment Day. I, yeah, it's been a long week and I've been drinking. Bear with me here. Judgment Day are supposed to be the heels, but Priest is a hometown boy. Bad Bunny, hometown boy. You know, what's the crowd reaction going to be? Who's the crowd going to be more invested in? I think, obviously, Bad Bunny will be the the, the clear winner there. But it'll be interesting to see what kind of reception Priest gets from this crowd. That's fair. Um, so, yeah, I'm expecting it to be fun. One thing I will say, this speaks volumes as to how the company feels about Damian Priest for having him quarterback this match. You know, Bad Bunny had a good showing the last time they were together. He, you know, really showed that he's... He's got some acumen for this, but it's, you know, he still needs a quarterback. 
And I, I like that they they trust Damian Priest enough to go out there and handle this. This is a, this is a big thing for him. Yeah, man, bad, bad Bunny takes it home. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, I, I like that you you wonder. By the way, um, yeah, I wonder who the crowd's gonna pop for more the the beloved son who became a uh, Ring of Honor World Television Champion and United States Champion, or the biggest recording artist on the planet. I wonder. I don't know, hey, DJ. It's hey. gonna be tough. Hey, it's no, gonna be close, Bubba. It's gonna be close. It, it, it's gonna be fun. I know that. It's gonna be a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, Rob. Okay, well, this this is the match yeah. that's guaranteed to have like fifty run-ins. Oh yeah, yeah. this so they're, they're they're already overbooking this all to hell. Yes. Oh, because <laughs> that bunny's not gonna be flying alone by the end of this. Oh no, and and I'm sorry, and you can't book him to just straight up beat Damian Priest. You can't do that. No. Um. So, you know, we're gonna get. I mean, the whole LWO is gonna get involved probably at some point. Um, you know, Finn Balor will probably get in there, and so it's, it's going to be a whole lot going on there. I hope, like hell, we get a Savio Vega run in. But <laughs> I hope, like hell, Savio Vega shows up, pal. Just, yeah, I mean, look, we yeah, we just, I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's going to be, yeah, and but look, this is the match where you do that, though. Yeah, this, this is this is the match where you do the overbooking and the fifty run-ins, you know, and all. this this is the match to do that with. And everybody know. And look, this is one of those matches where we all know what we all know what we're getting here. All right? We know that. Look, they're not going to go in and have a thirty-minute, you know, technical exhibition here. We know that. <laughs> um, uh, we know exactly what you know. We know what we're getting here. Then and 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 this is this is the one the match to do it with. So and and. And look, I think it'll be fun, and uh, and I think yeah, Bad Bunny is definitely going to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, that one's pretty uh, no contest there. But uh, so that will bring us to our main event, which well, I think is going to be the main event anyway. I wouldn't um, be surprised if Bad Bunny goes on last. That I wouldn't. It would not I shock would me if Damian Priest would, and. Yeah, that's the one match that I'm like, okay, it might. Well, cause, cause just because of all the reasons I just said when I was making fun of you for wondering who, you know, who they're going to pop for more. Well, and yeah, then, you have remember the biggest now, remember. recording artist on the planet, and it's not a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam where you kind of have to put the, the, the belt on last, you know? No, yeah, you can absolutely make Bad Bunny and Damian Priest the main event on Saturday night. And remember, remember yeah. the Brock going to be wheels up, you know, uh, <laughs> You know, 30 minutes after the show starts now, we know that, right? Yep. I want to get out of here while there's still sunshine, pal. Yeah. So, look, yeah, Brock and Cody to, may go on to first. Back to Yeah. Back to Canada. Yeah. So, I would leave PR to, to go to Canada. Yeah. Nothing against our Canadian listeners, you know, both of you, but. He's he's like, hey, I've got some some meat in the butcher shop. I left it hanging. I got I got to go on first. I've got an elk drying in the sun that I need to carve up. Right. Um, <laughs> and for longtime listeners of this podcast, you know that's actually true because during COVID, Brock Lesnar built onto his house a full goddamn butcher shop. Yeah. So. Yeah. Amazing. So speaking of the Beast Incarnate, he is going up against one. Son of a son of a plumber, the one and only, just 
Dusty's baby boy, the American nightmare himself, Cody Rhodes, has once again bit off more than he can chew. I love the guy, but it's watching like it's watching a guy spin his tires. He wants to go one-on-one with the beast. I think uh, a one-way ticket to Suplex City awaits him. Um, I did, but seriously, this match is. I'm gonna be pretty shocked if Brock loses, because um, Cody can absolutely take it. They'll probably do if they. I'm 50-50 on Brock on Cody if he would get it back or not later down the road. Um, he could absolutely not, and he'd be absolutely fine. Um, but he could, and that would really, you know, shoot him forward. So, uh, if I was a betting man, I am going to put it on that they will they will t- have Cody take a loss to Brock Lesnar, and the sad tale of Cody Rhodes continues because once again, that WWE Championship, that black belt is not going anywhere for a long time. So you've got plenty of room for Cody, plenty of runway for Cody to take a loss and build right back and climb that mountain again. So I think we look for Brock Lesnar to F5 Cody all the way to heartbreak. And uh, that's how we do it. That's how we end the show. We send the whole people home happy. Rob, what do you got? Uh, yeah, I picked Brock. So, yeah, because um, I think it's, you know, it's, it's when we, people, you know, the, the idea that Cody needs some adversity. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna continue down that road here, and I think Brock is gonna win. All right, DJ. Uh, I want to start off here with I, I like how Jason set the stage here. He's like talking about the match, and his words were Cody Rhodes bit off more than he can chew. Like Cody Rhodes wants a piece of Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar jumped in first. Cody didn't have a choice. It wasn't like Cody woke up one day and no, said, no, no. you know what? I want to fight that Brock Lesnar guy. No, he brought him out as his tag team partner. Brock decided for whatever reason, I don't even know why. Maybe he doesn't like his neck tattoo or that blonde hair. I don't know what it is. Something set Brock off, and he attacked Cody Rhodes. Now Cody's got to defend his honor. It wasn't. No man in their right mind wakes up on a Monday morning and says, you know what? I feel like wrestling Brock Lesnar. Like, that's what I no, want to do no, no, with no, no, my no, no, no. summer is get beat up by Brock Lesnar. No, this is an exercise in stupidity. Because you know what would happen if I'm sitting next to Brock Lesnar and we're, you know, gra- playing grab ass and having a good time. And, oh, Brock Lesnar's my best friend. And then all of a sudden Brock Lesnar takes me to Suplex City and F5s me onto some steel steps. Well, in 18 months, when I get out of the hospital, I'll make sure to steer clear my ass of Brock Lesnar. Uh, send Brock so, a thank you card. <laughs> instead, Mr. Bandaged Up doesn't know what's good for him. Cody Rhodes gets out there and starts challenging the beast. Man, I don't know. He's, he's got to so, make Dusty proud. Dusty wouldn't uh, stand yeah. for that. You got to get up, Daddy. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get up, Daddy. <laughs> That's right. I, you know what, I, this is going to be interesting because I don't think you know Brock has a match length window. Cody's window is much wider. Are they going to meet in the middle? And, and you know what? What are we going to drag out of Lesnar? Because you know this typically Lesnar's like, unless it's like a Roman, where he knows this is a big money fight, um, he, he'll he'll give you more time. I guess it's I don't know. This is this is a I tough think, call. 
if he's smart, I mean, like, let's let's call it what it is. Cody's white hot right now. Oh, absolutely. So Brock's smart right now. He's he's grabbing that lightning. He's like, yes, sir. Thank you. I will take a piece of this check. Yeah. So yeah. what I like is what you guys said about Cody Rhodes' story. And right now, Cody Rhodes' story is adversity. You know, it's he was a shoe, and like we were guaranteed Cody Rhodes was gonna beat Roman Reigns. That that was the story. Everybody mm-hmm. bought it, except for a certain podcast that we host. Um, we tried to tell you people. We, we tried, tried to tell you yeah. <laughs> it wasn't gonna happen, and nobody listened. And then you all got on you Twitter and boo that the WWE let you, you down me? again. WWE didn't let you down. You let yourselves down. But there really is a compelling story with Cody Rhodes right now because that's the whole thing. It's like, can he do it? And if the answer is no, depending on how you play, because eventually people could just say, you know what, this guy sucks. He's never going to win anything, and I give up. And you always run that risk with wrestling fans. But I think the payoff at the end when Cody finally does the thing is going to be amazing after two years of not being able to get the job done, of hitting every bump in the road imaginable, after running into every roadblock imaginable and coming up just short, when he finally somehow or another gets that chance, people are going to be so like, oh, God, Cody's going to lose again, and then he wins. It's going to be a moment. So, yeah, I'm on board with you guys. I think we continue the Cody tragedy story because Cody Rhodes himself once said wrestling is a love story. Right now, Cody Rhodes is writing a grand tragedy. And we are in the early chapters of that tragedy. And I want to see how it plays out. I'm I'm officially on board with this. Like, I wanted Cody to win the, the championship at some point in the next 12 months. I'm ready to extend this story past that 12 months. I want to see how he recovers from it I want to see how they let it play out. I'm invested right now. That's my long way of saying Brock Lesnar wins on Saturday, by the way. Okay. Jason, Jason, you're muted again. Uh Oh. I'm sorry. Whoops. Uh, So, yeah, that that caps us off. That is the entire card. Seven managers. Nice in, out. I love pay-per-views like this because it'll probably be over before. Right at 11, or, or actually, is it on? No, it's on normal time, right? Yeah, because oh, I think uh, yeah, PR is uh, Eastern time, or are they an hour? Yeah, I was going to say. I have no idea. I think, they're Eastern I, I think Puerto Rico's Central. Eastern time, so yeah, it should be normal time pay-per-view. Um, yeah. I, well, interestingly enough, I think none of us predicted, and I, I think we're right, there's not going to be any title changes on on Saturday night. No. Yeah. I think no. we stick with the status quo because the um, the draft officially takes effect Monday night. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's why everybody's yeah. listed is still defending. Bianca is still defending the Raw Women's Championship. Rhea is still defending the SmackDown Women's Championship because until Monday, they are still respectively on those brands. Right. right. I think we're in for a good show. I think, I think obviously, the Damian Priest and Bad Bunny match, I, I agree, is going to go balls to the wall and it's going to give Puerto Rico the show. It's going to give us the show. Yep. I look for Zelina and uh, Rhea to surprise some folks. Zelina is sneaky good. She's been doing yeah. the manager thing for so long. People forget that Thea Trinidad 
is a fucking worker. In the words of my co-host, in the words of you, DJ, that, that right there, people, people forget she can go, man. Yep. Uh, she, it's not just she might be a bucko five and a little bitty bit of nothing, but she can go. Yeah, she knows how to throw that nothing. Yep. Um, so absolute fact. So yeah, I, I absolutely look for her to show up and show out on on Saturday night. Yeah, man. So stuff. in a in a rare night, we are we got it in and in an, a little over an hour. Anybody got anything they want to add here tonight, or do we want to go home early? Um, well, uh, is there anything else to add? Um, well, we were recording no. this on May 4th, so, uh, happy Star Wars Day. Yeah, absolutely. Day. I, you know, since we're done early, I may go find a Star Wars something to watch. I'm, I'm I wrapped up the Mandalorian. Let's, you know what? Let's take a minute and talk. Jason, have you finished the Mandalorian? Yes, dude. Okay. Well, dude, I, you've been busy. It's, I haven't talked you to you much over the last couple of weeks. I know Rob finished it. I understand. I, I have my priorities straight, and Jedi Fett has his priorities straight. Don't worry. <laughs> Jedi Fett has finished has finished the Mandalorian. <laughs> yes, I, um, man. I tell was, you what, that season finale was fucking awesome. I can't wait to buy a Funko Pop of the final shot of him in his rocking chair with his little farm or his little house. Um, because that's gonna be beautiful, and I don't own enough Mandalorian Funko Pops. Uh, they got out of the dark saber thing, stupidly, but whatever. It was stu- yeah, stupid. Yeah, that was that was probably with. a bit of a letdown. Yeah, it's stupid. I think it's stupid that they did the transitive property thing to her and blah blah blah. But anyway, it was fine. Um, but in all seriousness, it was awesome. I enjoyed it very much. Um, I'm looking forward to, and I actually have been playing um, Star Wars Jedi Survivor because that came out this week. Yeah. So that is um, during the Clone War or during the time of the Empire. You were obviously a Jedi on the run trying to survive. Is this after Order 66? Yeah. In the first game, it's called Fallen Order and it's in the immediate aftermath of Order 66. Okay. So it's in you're playing the same guy, Cal, Cal Kestis, who's played by a motion captured. By the gentleman who played the who the character eventually became the Joker in Gotham, and I can't remember his name, the red-haired guy. Hold I know on. you're talking about. Look it up. Yep. No. Uh, um, but anyway, it, it it's very good. So uh, Star Wars is the best thing to ever happen to media ever. So in my humble opinion. <laughs> so yeah, it's always a good day to celebrate Star Wars. All yeah, right. and um, I guess now I'm I'm. I was a little bummed out when they, well, actually we don't, we don't know if he's dead because until, until you see like an actual corpse, you don't know if the guy's actually dead, but we saw him, he, he, he got burned in fire. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I think, was a little bummed I think, out. Uh, I think he's yeah. gone, man. I know. And I, I, Cause look, look, I mean, Giancarlo Esposito was fucking awesome. Was, I mean, but hello. Earlier in the episode, we just got done dealing with a bunch of clones of him. So yeah. hey, you True. never know. True. <clears throat> um, so that'd be that'd be really great if they used one of those clones to bring him back because like he he's just, he's just out, outstanding. <laughs> and um, and then he's even better like when he because uh, he he goes to the Star Wars celebrations and he always has a lot of fun with that. Yeah, that that dude's just awesome. I, I love his energy. I love his outlook on things. 
Um, that I thought the episode was incredible. I really thought that the the final two battle sequences between Bo-Katan and, and it, it, his name just fell right out of my Moff head. Gideon. Moff Gideon. Yeah. It just that that whole fight scene alone was almost cinema worthy. Yeah, in, in my opinion, it really was. Had a great. They tied her story up, her story arc up very very nicely. Uh, I was on the bandwagon nerds last weekend, and they were talking a little bit about that. A lot of the guys on there felt a little kind of disappointed that we didn't get an actual on-screen appearance of Thrawn. And I wanted to get you guys' opinion on that. Are you disappointed that we didn't, or do you think it's the right move to save this no, for the Ahsoka no. show? Save it. Save Stop. It. You can't save it. save it. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. I'm sorry. Yeah. Again, I, I apologize if I told this story last week, but... One of the guys who did show up in that show was Admiral Paleon. Admiral Paleon is originally from the Heir to the Empire book, yes. which uh, which is for part one of the Thrawn trilogy written by Timothy Zahn. That book came out in 1991. I was born in 1985. My father used to read that book to me before bedtime. And I would imagine that dude taking orders from Thrawn and figuring out how to be a better strategist and all this stuff. And I'm watching a show that's beamed directly to my house from Mickey Mouse himself and appearing in front of me, ripped out of my imagination as an eight-year-old, was Gilead Paleon. Yeah, Gilead's his first name because I'm a fucking nerd. So, no, I'm sorry we didn't also see Grand Admiral Thrawn. And I'm sorry Darth Maul didn't come back flipping into the story. But, guys, relax. That show continuously over-delivers uh, for us. Um, first, Young Luke Skywalker should have sated everyone's desires for 10-plus years. But, no, all you greedy bastards want more and more and more. Just be happy. My God. And Okay, and... If it turns out that he was just kind of a, a fill-in villain to buy time, you can't get any better than Moff Gideon. I'm sorry. No, man. No, Moff Gideon was an awesome character. He really was. Yes. I mean, Giancarlo so, Esposito devoured that role. Yes. <clears throat> and so, look, yeah, we will get Thrawn. He is coming later. Um, If they brought him out now, okay, I mean, come on, people. You can't, you, you can't, you can't, you know. How many more Easter eggs did we need? I mean, we had, what right. was it? Uh, General, or was it General? Admiral Hux, his father, was in this episode. Yeah. I mean, yep. so that ties it to the, the sequel sequels. Right. They're all, they're tying everything to, um, you know, Palpatine's resurrection and the, the First Order and all that stuff. They're tying all these threads. Like... And again, Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill came back and played Luke Skywalker, and it was fucking awesome, and I cried. Yes. You yeah. should all yeah. be happy for 10 plus years, minimum. Yes. Tina and I watched that episode, and suddenly we were 11 and 12 fucking years old again. Yes. Oh, dude. Like, we, honest we to God, it was like a holy shit. I, I'm a kid again. I've got, I've got goosebumps just talking about it right now, because that's how fun and cool that episode was. I, what more I do you wept. want? 
I wept like a child. <laughs> I think Rob said you got up and you actually ran around the basement, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, that yeah. Was, I remember Rob talking about that. He got up and ran around the basement in excitement over that scene. And I know we're talking about the season three finale here, but still, in a season that's given us so in a series that's given us so much, and yeah. for my money, it's still the best Star Wars series. I mean, Andor was really good. I enjoyed Andor. But for I'm overall enjoyment. Here. Earlier in the season, we watched a bunch, and I'll use the old school name because I'm a big nerd. We watched a bunch, bunch of Mandalorian super commandos airdrop out of a ship and start <clears throat> kicking ass. Yeah. So, yeah. again, you're greedy, all y'all. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, the Mandalorian, uh, hands down, he said, I enjoyed Andor. I didn't dislike Kenobi. Um, but. The Mandalorian has been the best uh, straight to TV property that 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 Disney has done. Because um... I will say, he does. Uh, the my one minor complaint, and that <clears throat> I'll agree with people, is that a lot of times Din Jaren feels like a passenger in his own show. Um, but to yeah. be fair, he came back and took over an episode of the Book of Boba Fett, and there were only six episodes of that, so he got it right. It was one of those episodes was all about him, so it's yeah, right in the exactly. Ship. And really, the, the the Mandalorian really is about introducing the world to Grogu, and, right. and and you know answering the question, okay, what happened after Order sixty six? You know, it, what did anyone survive the 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 killing of so, the the younglings? Yeah. Okay, in that regard, because of what they're showing with this stuff, and because of the things they're showing in they showed in Kenobi, where remember he found what they called the path, you mm-hmm. know, where they're smuggling Jedi um, out of the you know getting them new identities and getting them safe from the Empire after Order sixty six. Yeah. The I won't spoil anything, but the one of the central plot point of Jedi Survivor is the establishment of that path. Okay. So, so like the, it, it across all of their properties, they are building towards something, and they're they're doing an Avengers style, like we're getting towards. They're threading something. a very fine needle here, and exactly. While yeah, and, and Patrick O'Dowd uh, on the Bandwagon Nerds has a bit of an issue. He feels like they're jumping through a lot of hoops. To try and legitimize the a, the AJ Abrams trilogy, which I, and I can't disagree with that because I have any issues with it. I like I how they're either. weaving this, huh? I can't either. But the and make your point. But the whole point is they want to make sequels. Well, they want to so make gotta, sequels, and they're going they to because get now Daisy Ridley is signed on for at least another movie where she's rebuilding the Jedi Order. Are they going to link that to the path? It, and that'll be interesting to see if they like, thre- if they weave that tapestry um, and and include all that in that storytelling. And I think the way things are looking, the way that they're starting to intertwine all these shows, I think we're going to get there. Now, now I'm interested. Well, let me, let me well, yeah, because so. that now that's also a central point of the Mandalorian. Because now we're finding out how Grogu got out. Right. Yeah. So, all right. One, you should absolutely try to rehab. A piece of your continuity if it went if it went sideways okay yes you should all right i mean if, if you if you can do it you do it why not yep what why, why why do you just leave it over and say oh well you know that sucked and uh we're just gonna leave it over there and let it keep sucking yeah right? no i mean no. 
<laughs> I mean, if you can, no, if, if they, you can if fix it. If they found it, a way to bring back Rogue Squadron or something and, and actually do it, I'd be like, yeah, let's go. All right. I mean, cool. if if you can, okay, if you if you can, I mean, why would you not fix the continuity or fix things so that those sequel movies will be will fit in better, will make more sense, except why would you not do that if you could? You're never going to hurt yourself by putting more toys in the toy box, and that's all you do. And yeah. there's nothing wrong, there is nothing wrong, and, and, um, so. And that's and also, just general got, media now, is this overarching, especially when you're on the level of Star Wars, or the yes. Marvel Cinematic Universe, or, you know, Anything like that, that's kind of how media is, where you build this interconnected story between video games and social media and movies and TV shows. And well, and look at what you uh, know James, why because you got more to get the whole story. James Gunn is planning on that's his plan for DC. They are intertwining the live action movies with the animated projects with anything they do on TV moving forward. With any video games, they're tying all the media together. And that way, and yeah. you, you, and look, because um, one of my teachers in elementary school had a saying, and she said, when she gave out a test, she said, um, use the test to take the test, meaning that you use yeah. their parts of the test. When you, once you, when you answer the questions, you can use that stuff to help you with other parts of the test. Yeah. Um, and so you have all of these pieces. So if you can, yes, if you can fix or rehab something that did not go over well or something that just was not done well, why not? What I mean, what are you afraid? What are you worried about? Are you worried that people might, you know, people might change their mind about the sequel trilogy if you add some pieces and some other media to make things make more sense? You worried that people will start liking the sequel trilogy now? I mean, okay. What you do is you do what they did with the with the prequel trilogies. There were some really good things about episodes one, two, and three. Okay, that I liked the, uh, the the whole trade federation and everything that was all the the political. As much as I hate politics, I thought the political stuff was really well written. Um, I thought, well, and in, in that same vein. Okay, yeah, the prequels as movies were not, you know, I wouldn't give them any Academy Awards. Let's be nice. But you want to talk about some of the coolest, like, interconnected media that you've ever seen or heard about? Let me tell you about the Clone War between, in the actual time. I'm not talking about the kids' cartoon that you guys watch now. I'm talking about the actual time in the 2000s when... Attack of the Clones was released, and then a few years later, Revenge of the Sith was released. Yeah. In that intervening period, we had TV shows, we had video games, we had a Dark Horse comic book, we had novels, we had all this stuff that told the entire story between those two movies. And I am talking right up until the moment, like, Anakin and Obi-Wan get the call, hey, go back to Coruscant. Yeah, and, well, but that's my point. They introduced so many really good. Coruscant was amazing. That's probably one of my favorite. Like that environment and everything around it, the Jedi Temple, and that being the hub of the uh, the Senate and everything like that. I enjoyed all of that. They can now call on that. Really good idea. 
midichlorians, really bad idea. They completely swept that off the table. They don't even mention it anymore. The introduction of the Sith, incredible you know, addition, and they've built on the Sith mythos and the Sith um, kind of legend and, and, and kind of their backstory and everything like that. So there were so many good things that you could cherry pick out of the prequels, and they've done that so well. And I think moving forward, they're going to do that with the sequels. They're going to find the stuff that really worked and that really fit, I mean, and they're going to accentuate it. And they're just going to kind of ignore the shit that really didn't hit with folks. Just yeah, to and- kind of interject, they already have kind of started that because if you've been reading the comic books and the novels and the things like that that they've been releasing simultaneous with the sequels, you know exactly who the Knights of Ren are. That, right. um, that Kylo Ren leads, and they get basically taken out at the end of the third movie, you know, as so many henchmen. By but Kylo in, Ren. In, if, yeah, exactly. But if you've read all that stuff now, you know that they were just this marauding band of pirate force users who were just like, hey, we rule and we kick ass. And then Kylo Ren took them over, and he's like, yeah, but now you kick ass for me. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Um, yeah, these interconnected stories, anyway, we got totally off topic, but no Star problem. Wars does it best, and they've been doing it the longest. And I do want to get in something here, um, because in this whole thing with Grogu and him being rescued uh, from Order 66. Hey, hey Sir Grogu. Yes. Um, got to give a, a special um, the shout out. The, the guy who played the Jedi who rescued him was uh, Ahmed yeah, Best. Yeah, Ahmed, Ahmed Best. Shout and out. And it is... I mean, it's really just, it is really nice to see him come back because to those of y'all who don't know, he played Jar Jar Banks in the prequel trilogy, and he was one of a few actors in the Star Wars world who has just gotten a heap of shit dumped on him for no reason. Yeah. Right. To the point where it caused him, like, serious mental health issues. Yeah. Um, And so to see him... You know, and then you know, I've seen a couple. Of so now he and, gets to come back as the kick-ass Jedi who's yeah. he played literally everyone's badass man. Yeah, and um. Oh yeah, who li- who saves literally everyone on the planet's favorite character? Yep. Yeah, and um, so that's a turnaround, and good for that guy. Yeah, and it's just it's and it's I mean I was just so happy to see that because he got he got put through so much crap. Hayden Christensen got put through so much crap. Um, and let me just tell you, boys, I know we've or boys and girls are the listening audience. I know we've discussed it before. All of the people we we're talking about, Ahmed Best, Hayden Christensen, all those people, they did their very best with what they were given by George Lucas. Yeah. And and honestly, and it, look, it, it's nobody's fault but the jerks who piled the crap on them. Right. Well, and that, too. But that, I mean, that, it is nobody's fault correct. but those people. They made a choice. OK, you cannot yes. like. You cannot like the movies. You cannot like what George wrote, but you, a lot of you people chose to dump it on. Well, and on exactly, the and I'm kind of agreeing with you. It's it's not their fault. It's not. You can't say they had shitty performances or whatnot. There's literally behind the scenes stuff of Episode Two and Episode Three where George is correcting Hayden Christensen into saying something worse. Yeah, and um. So. Yeah, the, and it's, yeah. but Go ahead, um, Rob, I'm sorry. Yeah, but I mean, so they dumped all over these people, and then they came back in the sequel trilogy, and they dumped all over Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. Just because she was a woman. And and um, yeah, you know, so her and John Boyega and 
and oh man, here I am. I'm forgetting the Oscar lady's Isaac. name who played. Um, uh, Oscar got out pretty well, obviously. Yeah, um, but uh, um, the um. Oh my gosh, uh, Kelly, Kelly um Kelly Tran. Kelly yeah, Kelly Tran. Yeah, that played yeah, uh, Kelly Rose. Yeah, and they, yes. yeah, and they, and they, they dumped all character's over name her. was Rose. And and you know they they dumped all over these people, and to the point it's where a lot fault. of the like, like it's I think not Kelly. Her fault. I agree with you guys. She was an add-on. She was unnecessary. She was just kind of last. She was just kind of stuck in there. It didn't feel organic like when they added Lando. It just was weird. Agreed with all that. None of that is her fault, and yeah. she did a great job with what she was given. Can I counter program for a minute? I enjoyed the Rose character. I thought she was the most genuinely innocent character in that entire movie. And there was something Uh, about her innocence that drew me because she was literally, her sister died in the first five minutes of the movie. She believes in what's left of the rebellion, the resistance as it's known now. She believes in that and she believes in that for her sister. And she was gutted when she saw Finn trying to escape from what she felt like was her duty. And so many people miss the little nuances. I, I thought, I'm sorry, I, I know a lot of people may feel the way they felt, like she was shoehorned in. I thought Rose was a very endearing character. And and also, and we found out later on, that a lot of the, her parts for the final movie had to be cut because Carrie Fisher passed away. Yeah. Because yeah. she, she was supposed to be doing a lot of stuff with, you know, General Leia. And it so they had to, you know, they got, you know, it's nobody's fault, but, right. you know, but it's just, I'm I'm happy to see Hayden back. I'm happy to see Ahmed back. I'm happy to hear that Daisy Ridley is going to be coming back. Um, yeah, I mean, again, y'all, y'all are wrong. Y'all are wrong yeah, because and, Hayden Christensen smoked it as Darth Vader in Obi-Wan. Yeah. Smoked it. Yeah. Well, speaking and, of smoking, uh, that scene where he tried to burn obi-wan alive yeah but that was the best scene in that entire series like for me yeah. that was just so awesome so well done yeah. as as frequent co-host on and as guest host i should say on our show and host of dwi co-host of the bandwagon nerds pc tunny would say it's all star wars yeah. you know we're, yeah. we're getting yeah. to play in an extended star Wars. this is Jason talks about how his dad read the books to him when he was a kid. Rob and I grew up with the movies. Like, that was our childhood. You know, 79, 80, what, 81 and 83? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or something like that, Rob? You know, th- yeah. that was that was mine and Rob's formative years, and that was part of my, you know, one of my introductions to sci-fi that I love. Yeah. It's my favorite genre of any entertainment medium is sci-fi. And I had Star Trek, I had Star Wars, I had Battlestar Galactica, and I had Buck Rogers. You know, all of those things brought me here, but Star Wars was such a huge part of that. And for 20 years, we didn't get to play in that. And then we got the prequel trilogy, which was fine, I guess. I mean, it was something. It was something for those of us that grew up with the movies. Now, at almost 50 years old, I'm playing in an extended universe that I loved as a kid and I wanted to see more of. I wanted to see these character stories. What else did they do? Who else is this? What's going on? And now now I've got it and it's I'm amazed with it. You know, some of it's not great. You know, some of it's been okay. Some of it's been freaking amazing. 
And, and you know, I, I meet it in the middle as a fan. That's about where I'm at, too. Good yeah, and, well, but, I look at it like... I mean, Rogue One, Rogue One's some of the best cin- cinema I've ever seen, so... Rogue One's a big... So God, what a film. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just personally... I like we're playing with house money. Um, mm-hmm. Those of us who were kids when the original trilogy came out, y- some of y'all don't understand that you know we had a 16-year drought between Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace. 16 years of nothing. Okay. So eh, you have the special edition. The special uh, edition release was a moment, and that was kind of what solidified me as a fan. Okay. I mean, I had always rented the movies coming, going out and whatnot, but being able to, like, growing up, I mean, uh, I always rented the movies from, and we owned them eventually. Yeah. But going to see them in, like, night, what was that, like, 1996, as, you know, as a, you know, fan and whatnot, seeing them for the first time in theaters, that was a transformative moment for me as a, just a sci fi and geek, just person. But, um, but yeah, I'm not taking that away from you at all. Growing up with it must have been like fucking cool inside of him. Yeah, and so for me, look, I'm more, you know what? Um, like y'all said, look, some of it's good, some of it's not so good, some of it's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm perfectly, look, I'm, the stuff that really, that I really, the stuff that really works for me is worth, you know, them putting out a few things that I don't like. And yeah. And look, all you got. And look, I do this. I judge do this stuff the same way that I do the wrestling. If something looks like it's just not going to be my thing, I don't watch it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I still I, haven't watched. I still haven't watched Rebels because um, I got into a few episodes. I was just like, yeah, nah, nah not my thing. Because well, and now I kind of regret it because it's all tying together. You don't have to consume every single morsel to still be a fan. Right. right. I mean, because like I didn't watch that it was a bad batch. I just didn't. I haven't it. seen that yet. I didn't because it just it just was just like I was like, oh, okay. Why? I mean, and that's I mean that's just kind of how I felt seeing the previews and all that stuff. And I just you know what? And then, you know if this is kind of how I feel like it, then you know if if I hear later on that it's worth you know that it's in it's worth watching or that it, or whatever, I'll give it a try later on. But I just wasn't really feeling it based on the preview, so I just said, you know what, I can skip this one. Not a big deal. Well, you know what it is with with some of the with fan some fans not feeling like that, Rob, where they feel like everything's got to be good and everything's got to be great and blah blah blah. The problem is that period that I mentioned, you know, between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, the Clone War. Everything was good, like. Everything. The comic books, the novels, the the cartoons, the the did they have a movie? Yeah, they had the cart the Tchaikovsky move the Tchaikovsky cartoon was in theaters, I believe. But anyway, um yeah, so everything was good. So yeah, I'm sorry that we're it's not the attitude era anymore. It's right. Not as good as you remember. You can skip some stuff and you will be fine. Yeah. Especially with the with the sheer volume of and look, this goes for this goes for Star Wars, it goes for wrestling, it goes for, for Marvel, MCU stuff. The the sheer volume of stuff that is being put out. If if you try to keep up with every minute of everything, you will go nuts. Okay. Or you'll end up being one of those people with the you know, doing three hour, you know, 
YouTube videos about how everything sucks. God, I don't ever want to be that guy. No, you don't. I don't be that ever guy. want to do a three-hour video on how much I hate shit. Yeah, it just sounds like a miserable existence. I I, I don't understand. Um, you know, because listen, you know, man, if 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 I can't do it about Philip Jack Brooks, then I don't have that kind of hate in my heart. So what guy? What are you guys on that you are that miserable that you have to deconstruct children's cartoons and things like that? Holy Moses! Yeah, look, like like George said, it's a morality play for twelve year olds. Absolutely. <laughs> that was that, those were his words describing his baby. And the mm-hmm. other thing he said was, "You guys want a, a psychology that I can't give you." Right. Okay. Well, on and that, if you watch the prequels, why didn't you believe him when he said that? Right. Well, on that note, why don't we call the go home here? It's been a fun episode. Uh, I'm going to wrap back around the room here and thank my co-host welcoming back to the show, Jason, sir. Fun night tonight. We ended up down a road I didn't expect, but I liked the uh, I liked the last quarter of this show. Yeah, we meandered a little bit there, but I. Uh, but and have you listened time. to this podcast over the last two and a half years, brother? Yeah, I have. I just <laughs> we tend to do minutes. that. <laughs> Welcome to the show, pal. Yeah. And from Thanks. the Rob the Genius podcast, Mr. Rob, sir, fun night tonight. Yes, it has been. All right. And I am, as always, the man with the award-winning beard. DJ, remember, WWE Backlash from Puerto Rico is this Saturday. We're going to check it out. We're going to have a good time. This has been the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find us not only on the ChairShot.com, but all your podcasting platforms. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in a ring, and we'll be back next week.